good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, and good fellas. This is Guardians of Lore, episode 32, recorded on August 2019. Tonight, today, tomorrow, this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whenever you're listening to this, we are going to be covering Books of Sorrow, verse 4. I am your host for this morning, afternoon, or evening, Mrs. Hyven. I am Elamist. This is Hyven. All right. Podcast news. Guys, we encourage feedback. In fact, I actually wanted to shout out a specific little question this week for y'all to send back to us. I'm going to put it on the Twitter as well. Um, in a past episode where we discussed our guardian's name, uh, we kind of learned a little bit about Elemis and his gamer tag and where it came from. So we also learned that Hyven's gamer tag didn't really mean much for him. It was just kind of his tag. <laughs> if he could change it, he'd figure something out. But anyways, as you guys know, mine is Mrs. Hyven. I have that. Yours actually the... does mean something. Yes, simply because I am married to Hyven. And when mm-hmm. um, uh, we got married, that's what one of his buddies, uh, shout out to Rubber Duckzilla, used to call me all the time through the headset. He'd say, hi, Mrs. Ivan. And so it just kind of fit, and that became mine. So my question, and I ask this because I ask everyone this, and Ivan kind of pointed that out yesterday, is I want to know about yours. So send us your gamer tags. Tell us the meaning. Tell us the story. Um, you know, if it's just like this is the random yeah. Xbox generated for me, I want to see what random yeah. got generated. So I'm going to yeah, put it on I Twitter. A, I got a buddy named Floppy Kibbles. He's yeah. forever been floppy because he picked the random generated one. Unless your name is <laughs> like, you know, like puppy murderer stuff. We don't want to know how you got that. But otherwise. Yeah. But yeah, so send that well, to us. I'm going to post the question on Twitter as well. Puppy murderer might actually have a good story behind it. So we might want that one, actually. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of some specific Actually, feedback we're looking for. Did we get any emails or anything about the question from last week? I forgot to ask about that. Any people's theories or anything like that yet? We'll uh, not that I sh- saw. We'll shout that out some more again later then. Yeah. So we'll check. re-shout that out at the end of the podcast. Um, but yeah, so there is some specific feedback. I will actually be posting the actual question on Twitter when the episode drops as well. So you'll have an easy, quick platform to send it back on. Um, or if it's longer and you want to send it, message us on Twitter or via email. As always, our Twitter is at guardians underscore lore and our email is guardians underscore lore at outlook.com and um, again, review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play, whatever platform you listen to that has a rating availability. It just gets us out there a little bit more to other people, lets us know how we're doing and expands the lore nerd community that we love so much. And it's also from the Twitter. We are still figuring out a schedule for the weeks after Books of Sorrow. And that actually kind of is going to take us into Stuff You Missed in Destiny because we are going to actually have some more weeks now because Destiny has pushed back the launch of Shadowkeep. It's no longer launching in September. I believe it's launching first week of October. Um, October 1st. Yep. October 1st. So, yeah. Boom. October 1st. So that's kind of changing things up a little bit. It's extending our schedule. Um, And honestly, it's kind of fitting because Shadowkeep is supposed to be kind of like a spooky expansion. Right? For it to be in October. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
But so, yeah, if you guys have any ideas as to what you'd like to hear from us, let us know. I'm thinking one of the things we're probably going to do, um, it's officially been announced on Twitter. We were waiting for Focus Fire Chat to announce it first. But um, if you haven't already seen, on August 16th, the boys are going to be on Focus Fire Chat. Um, it's pretty exciting. I'm really excited for them. We decided to keep my crazy away for the first time, you know. We want to make it excited. professional and whatnot. We, uh, I, we now know what topic we're going to be discussing, and I, I at least I'm yeah. pretty sure for Elmas, it's a topic near and dear to both of our hearts. So I got to try not to um, go crazy. That up. Yeah, they are going to be going over the lore book "Nothing Ends," which is the next in the segment of Shin Malfur, um, which is kind of uh, crazy. The lore uh, that got got me into the yeah i mean like even i've had like insane moments with this like topic so i'm really excited for them but i was actually thinking uh after august 16th when they're on there we might go through and add that to our before shadow keep selection of lore books um just so you know you get all of their their spin foil and all of their other thoughts first and foremost in the focus fire chat episode and then maybe we'll bring it over to ours to kind of correlate the two together we'll have the deep Um, dives here I don't have yeah. to feel ashamed of uh, ruining the podcast here. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So everything that they can't like lorgasm about there, they'll do it here. Um, but yeah, so that's really exciting for us. That's actually kind of also podcast news. Um, but we were waiting for Focus Fire Chat to announce it first since it's going to be on yeah. their podcast. Um, Kona's pumped about it to you guys. But yeah, oh, we're really excited. The boys have both. Um, yeah. and I know We've they're been both, holding this in for men. so long. Yeah, I know they're men. But, you know, to me, they're my boys. <laughs> They've been listening since the beginning, so this is kind of a really big deal for them. It's a really big deal for us as a podcast, too, and I'm I'm really, really excited. As you can tell, I can't stop talking about it. I'm just really pumped for them um, and for our podcast. I sent, I sent the message that made this happen, guys. I might not do much for this podcast, but I helped make this happen. So there's my contribution. I might not be the most professional all the time. <laughs> Oh, you're professional enough. You do well on Twitter, (laughs) but, you know. Yeah. That's because on Twitter, I can stop and think about what I'm typing. It's not just, like, verbal vomit like it is here for me. Sorry, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyways, so continuing on with stuff you may have missed in Destiny. We touched on it already a little bit. But, yeah, so Shadowkeep and New Light are delayed by two weeks. Um, The fun thing, though, is that Crosshave is actually going to be bumped up and i believe it's coming at the beginning of, of september end of august huh? end of august wow so we're actually already in the month of cross save which is exciting it's going to help everybody kind of understand how cross save plays between their two platforms before we get into the new season so i think it's nice that it's separated um because of that anyone who listens who uh needs some pc players i need a raid group um because i'll be maining pc when the dlc drops yeah um, and additionally, because of this, then Extra Iron Banana is uh, <laughs> coming for the season in September. So, get excited about that. I mean, if Iron Banner's your thing. <laughs> and let's see. Currently, we Triumph are... extended also. Yes. Um, that's later in my... Oh, no, never mind. Sorry. I'm reading my notes, you guys. I didn't it's before. That's why I uh, told you. Thank you. Yes, moments of triumph. You're, two weeks because you're of usually so tied to the notes, and once you skip over it, you know? I know. I'm trying to hey, be a little more, the, like, natural. The fact is, like, 
she actually knew some of this stuff and we didn't have to actually right? have it. She's in the going off the cuff, right? man, right now. I'm actually like able to talk about this. Um, so right now we are also doing Solstice of Heroes. Um, from what I understand, it's a grind. And not a grind everyone's loving. Um, not to say that it's like, oh, how dare you, Bungie. Because no, like we all knew this was coming. This is something that's been done before. Um, but you know, like, a grind's a grind. No. I <laughs> a mean, grind is know, a grind Des- is a grind. Destiny's always been a grind, <laughs> and I always knew this was going to be a, br- a grind. So, I mean, it, it, I think they did a fine job with it. For me, I think my biggest was complaint is just I've just not been into Destiny as much. You know, Crucible I'm not as much into. And honestly, it just sounds stupid. You know, I've heard the complaint. But going back after playing a lot of games in 60 frames, playing Destiny in uh, 30 frames, sometimes I feel really slow. And I just struggle to play, and so I get frustrated. And then when I have to also grind stuff that's taken a while, I just get frustrated. So I just need some nice, calm, relaxing days to just kind of like grind it out and have some fun. But I think and the event's why, pretty cool. And that's we have, why cross save is going to be a great thing for you. It exactly. will indeed. Exactly. exactly. I'm really excited so, that it's really. Yeah, I came home the other day, and it was, oh my gosh, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? And he, I was like, what? And he was like, Shadow keeps being pushed back to October 1st. But guess what? Guess what? Guess what? I was like, cross save, is it? And he was like, it's being moved up! <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I love Destiny. It's a great game. But lately, I've kind of, I've been waiting to get back into PC. I, uh, I stopped once I heard about cross save because I wanted to focus on a main account that has everything. And I wanted to make sure I kept up with everything. So, I mean, it's, so it's far, a I'm, I'm a little behind on Solstice. But... I'm I'm still gonna get it. My goal is to get I gotta get my hunter and my Titan. I don't really play Warlock, um, so I'm gonna try to get my my two main characters. I wanna get that armor because it's the first uh 2.0 set and it looks good, so I'm yeah. gonna try and I just got the Titan armor and it looks But I got so the whole month. That's the other thing. I got a, you if we didn't say you got a whole month for Solstice to the end of August. So I mean, not a big deal. I, I also ordered my shirt. For uh, moments of triumph, finally. I know I've been saying I was going to do that. So hopefully that'll be coming in soon. But super exciting. Yes. But I want to move in to now Mrs. Hyven's corner. We've officially deemed this. Oh, I'm sorry. You have something else? Yeah, that last bullet. Oh, yes. Sorry. Some quest adjustments are going to be made. I don't know if those numbers are just pointing there or if I'm supposed to read 2.5.2.2. That's yeah. the patch notes. Sorry, uh, y'all. I knew most everything in the notes this week. Proud yeah. of that. So we're getting just, a patch in a couple weeks. Like that yeah. that last line yeah. was something that just came up in the TWAB Thursday. Yep, yep. In the TWAB. Yeah, so they're gonna be adjusting quests for Wendigo and um Mountaintop. So that'll be kind of cool. And along with some other patch stuff, some little bug fixes, but uh, we'll get a little bit of a patch before we go into the the new season. And there's also going to be a lot of double Valor weeks. Um, we got Mayhem coming back once. We got two Iron Banners. I think there's a full-on Infamy everything week. Double Infamy week, isn't that also? Yeah, I think the first one. Double Infamy. Yeah. And so. Double Infamy weekend. Yep. So they're trying to. We're going full steam into this expansion. Plenty of stuff to do. I'm kind of hoping that the mountaintop is is like reduced by 25% for the calculated trajectory and double kills. I hope it's like cut in half because then I'll be done. 
That's why I'm saying 25. <laughs> I, was, I just can't, man. Uh. All right. I am so, not good at Crucible. I just moving on. not good at grenade launchers anymore. Used to love them. But. <laughs> yes, we can move on. Sorry. I'll go back to munching on some food while you take yeah. care of this. This is this is my time to shine. Uh, no, so do I we have to talk or is this Mrs. You? Hive. No, you do not. Okay, this is okay. all me. You can add your opinions after the fact, but I I would request all applause and or questions be saved until after my speech. Thank you, thank you, or comments. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> so we've officially decided Mrs. Hyven's question corner. It's just going to be Mrs. Hyven's corner because. You know, sometimes it's not always a question. Sometimes it's a statement. And this week, it's a statement. This is Mrs. Hyven's Soapbox Corner. Because I'm about to get on my soapbox for a moment and have a discussion. I love this community to pieces. I love seeing the support and the love on Twitter. But what I am really not loving right now is how some people are treating Bungie. Because I have been seeing a lot of these tweets about people saying you know, give me my money back because Shadowkeep is dropping with all of the other games and all of the other seasons for free for new players. And, you know, how dare they be just into new players and da-da-da. And that's not what's happening here. I mean, even in the video, they specifically stated, you know, we're doing this and we're adding this new light feature so your friends and buddies don't have to grind out stuff you've been doing for five years just to catch up to you. Because it makes new buddies and new friends not want to play with you because they can't. Or not even want to play the game because they can't have anybody who can come back and play with them. And so this is actually a really awesome thing that Bungie is doing. And I think it should be celebrated, not bashed the way it is. Especially because this whole, can I get my money back? And I've even had some people I've read, you know, give me that time back too. And it's just ridiculous because in, in any sense of the world, I mean, you go to the store and you buy something that's last season, you're going to get it half off because you didn't buy it when it was fresh and new season. You know, you go to the produce section or the meat section and the meats that are about to go bad are also on a discount. That's just how it th- goes. Older things get discounted. That's just how the world works. And especially in the gaming world, if you look at anything right now in six months, that price change is probably going to be different on your Xbox, you know, going into the Microsoft store and looking at what you can buy. If you look at it a year from now or when another season comes out, things go on discount. In fact, I believe right now there's a new Mirror's... No, not Mirror's Edge. I apologize. There's a new game that is available on the Switch. Unfortunately, I'm a bad wife and I can't remember what it is. Is that it, Hyven? Yes, that is it. And Hyven was like, I really want to buy this game, but... Destiny's about to have so much stuff drop and there's so much stuff going on in Destiny that I should really just play that and wait six months and see if it goes on sale. Like some people actually wait for a game specifically because they know it'll go on sale. So don't act like Destiny is doing this to slight everyone that's been around. You got all that time, all the enjoyment, all of that fun with your friends and with your clanmates for the last five years because you bought these things on time. So yeah, don't be say, like that. You paid for an experience. Um, you were there for the beginning of everything. You were part of this community for so long. And the idea is it's, it's free for these new people because they didn't get that. But this is how you get them in so that they can start to build those experiences. Yeah, and they're going to have to and buy you know every what? season after this if they want to yeah. continue and, too. And the other thing is if we had never paid for anything, 
Benji would not be able to make this new content. There would and be no way. And that's the other uh, really important piece that I really want to specify because at the end of the day, yes, this Destiny is a game, but Bungie is a business, you guys. At the end of the day, they are a business. They have employees that they have to pay because these creative minds that bring you this game that has brought you so much joy, they have families to feed too, you guys. You know, they have crazy amounts of electronics and other systems that have to be bought to even be able to design this game. And even more so now that they are no longer being supported by Activision. They're taking this huge risk of not having the support of a larger company to go off and do what you guys and what they really want to do for this game. And that's going to cost money. And that is why it is so important to bring in new players right now. So yeah, maybe the focus is a little bit on new players, but that's because Old players can't get anything new if new players don't come in. It's just that simple. Also, At a lot the of end these of the day, would it's a enjoy Shadowkeep if they couldn't play it until after they uh, purchased everything else. Oh, and everything else. Yeah. New Lights had a lot of good reception, so I, I think most in the community are loving this. But anyone yeah, out there who's still... Yeah, but the people that I've seen that don't, like, please remember this. And please remember that, you know, people might see these and might be hurt by them. And that's just, it's not okay. And I just had to get on my soapbox for a minute because I was, I've been really hurt by some of the tweets I've been seeing aimed at Bungie lately. I, for one, could not be more proud of how they're going with this. Yeah. So far, they're doing a great... They've done fantastic since they split from Activision. They're I being transparent. They're doing amazing. They're giving us what we want. They're, and not know, everything can be perfect. Not everyone can be pleased. But oh. I think they have found a really good sweet spot for a general consensus of everyone. Yeah. Let's be honest, you're not going to get a good game if you expect everything to be free. Yeah, right? I mean, they have to make money in order to produce the content for us to play forever. And and heck, on that same note, like, if the game is rushed in any way, it's not going to be good. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's also something I will say. What I have not seen is anybody bashing Bungie for pushing back the release date. I've seen so many people commending them for taking the time, and I think that is really awesome that that part, you know, of this has been going so smoothly. And I hope just everything really continues to go smoothly with this drop of Cross Save and New Light and yeah. Shadow Keep, and you know, because this is this is a really big moment for Bungie now that Activision's no longer backing them, and I really am excited to see how this game progresses because of it exactly so that's my soapbox i'm gonna step Thank down you. now <laughs> but i feel i just felt really strongly about it and i wanted to just voice my opinion on it because i did feel strongly about it especially being the one who sees a lot of like the main stuff on our twitter page not necessarily obviously directed at us but just through what i've seen people either like retweet or tweet themselves all right, so now that I am done with my long spiel that I felt I needed to get off my chest, um, brief intro into the topic. If you don't know what we're doing at this point, come on, guys. Go back to episode 29, 30, and 31. Books of Sorrow, essentially the Hive Bible as written by Orcs. So, again, if you're jumping into verse 4, stop. Please stop. Go back, 29, 30, and 31. You don't even have to start from episode 1. But for Books of Sorrow, let's do this in order. We'd appreciate it. <laughs> I'll be covering verse 4-0, a golden amputation. Wrath. Behold, the wrath of Oryx, coiled for 10,000 years. 
Behold the golden amputation, the fall of Taishibeth, the end of an age. We beat the worlds of Taishibeth like skull drums, and we howl in joy for our black war moons as they ram silver orbitals and gleaming star webs, where infant Taishibethi sun ravens curl and die unborn. In his throne world, Oryx paces ten times. On the first pace, Kreghur sends the accursed to blight the Taishibethi worlds. On the second pace, the Tai unleash their battle plates and arsenal ships to fight our moons. On the third pace, Oryx's war priest meets them in battle, and he is victorious. He paints the void with fire. He salts the earth with ash. On the fourth pace, Mingur and Kra'adug, Dyad knights, go to the Raven Bridge, and they stand on it and kill the Tai for ten years. On the fifth pace, the Tai Emperor Raven comes home to her bridge, and she cuts a moon with her talons. She cuts it open and kills its brood. On the sixth pace, Oryx speaks, saying, Listen to me, Emperor Raven, and I will describe to you the last true shape, which is written on my tablet. And he puts out his fist, full of black fire, and he swallows up the Emperor Raven with a wound. Ayat, only Oryx knows this power, the power to take. On the seventh pace, the perfect raven comes out of Oryx's wound, and she spreads her wings across Taishibeth. Never again is a Taishibethi child born. She is perfect. She enacts the will of Oryx. On the eighth pace, the Tai say, Listen, you are spoilers. You are sphincters and excreta. You rot. Why do you kill? We made silver orbitals and golden star webs. We hatched eggs. We had a good thing. Our clothes were nice. Our food was famous. With one of her feathers, our emperor could have tickled the gods. On the ninth pace, Oryx says, This is the only god. This ability to dictate what will and will not exist. This power to go on existing. This is your god. It is never ticklish. On the tenth pace, the Taishibethi are extinct. Then Oryx says, Listen, my siblings, do you know what we have done? We have conquered our way to the edge of the deep. It whispers to me when I call on it, and it guides my flight. It says that we are at its threshold and that I should come inside. I will go and speak to it. All right. So in one verse... We have the start of a race. Well, not the start, but the first time we've ever heard of them. Um, The war, their extinction. (laughs) So, yeah, I have a large time period. Um, Can we talk about how this this sounds like, you know, 
the Bible, on the first day, God did this. I mean, that's what I was just about to say. What do we consider a pace? I'd like to talk about the fact that it says, this is your God. It is never ticklish. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Right. I had to do a double take to make sure you didn't read that wrong. Nope. The look on Mrs. Hyman's face was priceless. <laughs> Wait, what? Because <laughs> I'm just like, no, that, that can't be right. But no, it's right. Yeah, that, that was great. All right, but somebody breaks this down a little bit for me because not fully on... I'm understanding what's happening here, but not necessarily in the folds of everything we've been discussing. Okay. Well, what would you start with? So the Tai Shabeth are a people. Um, as much as we know, they seem to be almost bird-like. We have Tai Shabeth ships. Tai Shabethi Raven. We have it talking about talons. Um, they talked about wings. Wings. So this is an interesting race. Um, you have names like Kragor, uh, the War Priest, Mingor, and Kradug. These are all now offspring and followers um, of Oryx. They make up Oryx's court, his vassals, the people who fight for him. So it's basically his war generals and, and fighters going out and just kind of destroying these people. Destroying the Taishabeth, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, but then as it talks about the not be another Taishabeth after the perfect raven. Yes, so. It when says you it get comes out of Orax's wound. Yes, so when you get to the fifth pace, this is where things change. Um, the Thai Emperor Raven comes and basically is powerful enough to just say, okay, stop parading my people. I'm going to kill a bunch of this brood, a bunch of Oryx's followers. Uh, and that is when Oryx basically tells the raven that it can describe the true shape. Basically, he has power from the deep. And at this point, he swallows up the raven with a wound. So, um, we've seen it happen in game. He basically almost kind of like pulls an individual into another, through like a portal in space and time. And when they return, they are taken. Their will is not their own. It's like it's, it's like, their, only their body that has returned. Yes. Oryx has complete control of them. They look different. Um, I don't know if you've seen... You've seen Taken in game there. Yeah. Uh, so basically, those, those come from Oryx. So the Taken are different races that Oryx takes, basically bends their will to his own, and he sends them back um, commanded by him. We don't exactly know what happens because, as it says, Ayat, only Oryx knows this power, the power to take. Up till now, Oryx is the only one we've ever seen doing, taking. Um, now that he's gone, there are still taken. Uh, the argument could be, did one of his sisters take up the you know, command of the leftover taken? Can new taken be made? You know, there's a lot of questions about that. But and that's My where question is, when did we find out in game that this was Oryx is doing? Like, did we always know from the start that that's what the Taken were? Yes. yes. The okay. Taken showed up. I'll in, find the cutscene for you. Yeah, in the expansion when Oryx came into existence, um, mm -hmm. that's when we originally saw the Taken. And we, it explains through playing the story, actually. Um, this is something that you just actually have to play. The, well, Destiny 1 story, you would have had to play the Taken King story. Yeah. 
Um, you find no, out never, you know, where the table comes. Never even touched D1 story. We actually see him take um, like a Cabal War General. Um, he takes his own like ogres, his own. Pe- he can take his own people, which is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, he and as you also, as it mentions, um, I will describe to you the last true shape, which is written on my tablet. Remember, he learned from the deep. And he wrote what he learned on the tablets of ruin that he wears around his waist. So he holds that knowledge, and with that knowledge from the deep, he is now able to take. And that's why he's referred to as the Taken King. And basically, with the power of this perfect raven, and also, when there's some cards um, from D1 that basically, Oryx basically talks to each of the different races and tells them that he's going to take them. Um, this is their one weakness. He's going to fix that weakness by giving them this, which is why all Taken have like a unique power that they didn't have in their previous race. So he refers to the Raven as the perfect Raven. So he thinks he's perfecting these individuals, and with the power that he's now established through this Raven, he basically sends the Raven out to destroy its I'm looking at pictures of Oryx people. right now, and he has wings. He does. Yep. Is that something from his original like, you can see the camera. shape? This is what he looks like. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm googling it. Is this from his original shape, or is this something? No, this is what he looks like in his current form. Um, so you know the the sisters. Sisters have wings. I don't. I don't don't think so. So you can see real quick. This is a drawing of what the sisters looked like much long. That's what orcs right there in the middle used to look like. Orcs didn't originally have wings. No, but we know that they take the hive take on new forms and they morph. Okay. Um, remember, acolytes. So it has to do with him the, becoming uh, hive, not him becoming like older in his race. Um, well, both because he became a hive, but all hive look different. Um, you know, we have the same hive could turn into a knight or turn into a wizard. Oryx looks more like a knight. Oh, right, right, um, right. I remember there were all those different like <clears throat> class levels. Okay. Now Remember, we have the mother jelly that turns them into yeah. wizards, witches. Um, so they look different. So I forgot you assume that Sabathun looks more like a wizard, where Oryx looks a little bit more like a knight. But he also has wings because why not give him wings? Makes him look cool, right? <laughs> the artist is like, just slap some wings on there and it'll look real bad. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Oryx <laughs> is probably the most unique hive we've seen. Well, I mean, yeah, I feel but like he is also going and through some changes. He's, yeah, he's gone through the most changes that we know of and kind of his transformation going through that. Yeah, and it is interesting, too. Of course, the poor Taish, Beth, the people, they say that, you know, you have basically just destroyed a good thing. They had a, once again, which sounds like another golden that. age. Uh, they talk about how they had good food. Good clothes. Basically, they were going through a golden age just like us, of happy, peaceful times. And orcs came through and killed them. And as you were complaining, Mrs. Hyven, about how horrible all this sounds, of course, it definitely is. But as Oryx says, um, this is the only god, this ability to dictate what will and will not exist. This power is to go on existing. This is your god. And then, of course, it's never ticklish. But once again... (laughs) What they believe in is the ability to exist. You either are good enough to exist or you are not. They don't believe in all these um, comforts and things like that. So crazy. All right. So I feel like I have 
delved us into this card quite a bit, so I think it's time to move on. Elemis, are you looking up something? You've been focused. I was going to make sure you still didn't. Oh, no, no. I, I'm, I'm looking for the cutscene. Yeah, okay. he's looking for something for me. So I found got... cutscenes of it, but I think it's going to be more of like just finding a playthrough for the yeah, Phobos like mission. It, yeah. All right. Heaven, you got a nice short one. I do. So the last card ended. Um, how they were close to the deep, Oris could hear the whispers, and he says that he will go speak to it. So we're going to continue on with that. Uh, verse 4-1. Battle made waves. Oryx went down into his throne world. He went out into the abyss, and with each step, he read one of his tablets, so that they became like stones beneath his feet. He went out, and he created an altar. And he prepared an unborn ogre. He called on the deep, saying, I can see you in the sky. You are the waves, which are battles, and the battles are the waves. Come, into this vessel I have prepared for you. And it arrived, the deep itself. Okay. So what I'm seeing here is that he just summoned all of the deep into an unborn baby ogre pretty much not all of the deep but he basically but the deep itself yeah he says that he can see the deep which is kind of ironic i can see you in the sky yeah you know, it's not the deep capital is in the sky. sky it's not capital <laughs> but um but we kind of get a little bit more clarification possibly what he means by that is you are the waves, which are battles, and the battles are the waves. So once again, the deep is linked to the fighting and the battling, um, which makes a little more sense. You think about the deep becoming stronger with killing, yeah. with death, with the fighting that's going on. I think that's what he's referring to. And as he's going yeah, down looking for them... Come into the vessel I've created for you. Yes, well, exactly. Well, as he went down looking for the deep, remember, he was reading these tablets. And these tablets are what he gained by working with the deep. He's basically calling upon them to put some energy, the deep itself, into this unborn ogre. And we yeah. had talked about before now that ogres I want to know who aren't... this ogre grows up to be. Oh. We know. <clears throat> yeah, I know you know. I'm excited to find out who. We know this ogre. That's Golgoroth, isn't it? We know this yeah. ogre, or you two know this ogre. That's a Us two know it. Yeah. Um, do they actually say that in here? We do know that at some point. Um, I don't think point. it. I don't think it officially says. At some point we find it. Yeah, it's Golgoroth, because Golgoroth is the one he gives the tablets to, which makes sense because it has the deep in it himself. So. That does make sense. We fought Golgoroth in the raid. On our way to killing Oryx. We had to kill Golgoroth first. Along with the War Priest. That was discussed my before. Sec- my second favorite part of that raid. <laughs> the challenge was fun. Everyone had to take a turn sniping the back. Just right. running from those like blight balls trying to destroy you. Weren't well, really blight balls, but I forget what they called. Those things were hard. Oh, they yeah, on bolts. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you two are getting off topic. Anyway, yeah. Anyways. Is there anything else we need to dissect in that teeny little card before I move on? I think that was about it. That's about it. Just that's kind of impressive that he channeled the deep into a living, well, thing. a vessel that he had prepared for Those it. Those are weird, but you know. Hey, be nice to Shrek. Yeah, I'm ready to move on. 
All right. Verse 4-2, majestic, majestic. All right. Oryx, my king, my friend. Kick back, relax, shrug off that armor, set down that blade. Roll your burdened shoulders and let down your guard. This is a place of life, a place of peace. Out in the world, we ask a simple, true question. A question like, can I kill you? Can I rip your world apart? Tell me the truth. For if I don't ask, someone will ask it of me. And they call us evil. Evil! Evil means socially maladaptive. We are adaptiveness itself. Ah, Oryx. How do we explain it to them? The world is not built on the laws they love. Not on friendship, but on mutual interest. Not on peace, but on victory by any means. The universe is run by extinction, by extermination, by gamma ray bursts burning up a thousand garden worlds, by howling singularities eating up infant suns. And if life is to live, if anything is to survive through the end of all things, it will not live by the smile, but by the sword. Not in a soft place, but in a hard shell. Not in the rotting nope. box. Damn it. Hard shell also made sense. It was protective. <laughs> You're just talk thick about hard shell topping for your ice cream. Mm, now I want some. I'll go not get a soft margaritas place, later, but right? a hard shell. Well, you think about it. A slug outside of its shell? Dangerous. Deadly. With no, it, shell, it, protect it. It. It's just not what it says, that's all. Yeah, no, I understand. All right. Not in a soft place, but in a hard hell. Not in the rotting bog of artificial paradise, but in the cold, hard, self-verifying truth of that one ultimate arbiter, the only judge, the power that is its own metric and its own source, existence at any cost. Strip away the lies and truces and delaying tactics they call civilization. And this is what remains, this beautiful shape. The fate of everything is made like this in the coalition, the test of one praxis against another. This is how the world changes. One way meets a second way and they discharge their weapons. They exchange their words and markets. They contest, and in doing so, they petition each other for the right to go on, being something instead of nothing. This is the universe figuring out what it should be in the end. And it is majestic. Majestic. It is the only thing that can be true and of itself. And it is what I am. Awesome. So yeah, this is the deep talking to Oryx. Yep, that's kind of what I got too. It's pretty insane, and it's it's kind of weird because it's this ethereal, but like again, this is as told by Oryx. I'm also excited we're getting into the real culty sounding stuff. Yeah, I love how it's <laughs> like relax, take off your armor. Let me describe to you what I am. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of weird. It's it, it almost is like a person is describing, but we kind of get a description about what the deep really is, a little bit more about the final shape. 
you know, basically it's when two philosophies clash, one is victorious, and, you know, basically this final shape is, as we had talked about before, just one way of being, one way of existing. Um, this is the universe figuring out what it should be in the end, uh, and that is what I am. So basically the deep is just the goal of... The, the, the deep is just there to try to attain one final, one final shape, one lasting position, um, that there's only one way to live. The last and, true shape. Yeah. And As then Oryx that, said in a couple cards ago. Yeah, that's what Oryx is going for. And the deep kind of just reaffirms. I do love... It is kind of almost like Oryx is just being like, whispered in his ear, sit down, relax, let us tell you what you're going to do and why it's so important. Yeah. And even then, like, it, like Mrs. Haven said earlier, this feels very culty. For sure. Doesn't this card also kind of clarify what that shape is? That's yeah, what I was we getting just, as I read. That's what we were just talking about. about... Do you feel like that's what you stated, though? Yeah. I don't feel well, like that was officially stated. That's what I'm clarifying. It was. Maybe you just, it was like right when you walked away, though. So maybe that's why. But maybe. just in case. Yeah, the deep clarifies that <laughs> it's basically when I, when two philosophies go to at each other and fight, whoever's victorious becomes the the only way of life, the only philosophy. And for the deep, the only way to do that is through fighting and basically killing the loser. Yep. Which is why the hive are running around just killing all these people. They're looking for someone who could beat them, and if nobody can and their goal is to try to be that final shape. Well, and, and even then, like, they go around killing everything in the end. If they kill everything, they will be the final victors. Yeah, it'll just be them and their people, and they will have proved that they are the... They are it. They are what true existence is. It's, it's, it's very interesting. I mean, it kind of makes sense in a crazy level... Um, granted, you know, they're kind of, as we said, like indoctrinated by the deep to become mass murderers, but to them, I'm sure it makes a lot and, of sense. And it's like, it's this crazy way of thinking that, like, they're going around killing everything to prove that they don't belong, that they don't deserve to exist. They're having, like, a worldwide Hunger Games. Yeah. Universe-wide, yeah. Yeah. That's kind, of what it is. That's kind of what it is. That's what the philosophy of the deep is. Yeah. But anyways, I think we could speculate more on this, but we're about 45 minutes in already, and we still have nine more cards. So I think we should move along. Oh, that's a long one, huh? It is. We got 12 cards on this one. All right, I'm All ready right. to move on. I will cover verse 4-3. When do monsters have dreams? I'm walking down the road. I'm going to the orrery to talk to my dad. And I hear, well, I hear this noise. So I look back, and my sisters are behind me. And they're ripping up the road. They've got these huge swords, execution swords. And they're levering the stones out of the road. The stones are covered in writing. They're like tablets. And there's dirt underneath full of worms. I need to get to the orrery 
before they catch up to me. So I start running. But right away, someone trips me. It's my dad. He's got his foot out, and he grabs me by the horns and just slams me down on my face. I'm in so much pain, I nearly throw up a worm. Why weren't you ready for this? Dad says. He's wearing glare goggles. Those shiny goggles that he used to save his vision during lightning storms or sea fire. All three of his eyes reflect me. Didn't you know they'd be jealous? Because they couldn't come to the orrery and talk to me? Didn't you know they'd move against you? I start wailing like I'm two days old again. And I say, Dad, I thought you were my friend. I'm supposed to be safe here. But he just puts out his fist and I realize he's laughing at me for believing him. Why did I think I'd be safe? In his fist, he's got a black sun. And he holds me by the throat and goes to tip the black sun into me. I can see my jaws in his goggles. Three reflections of my jaws with so many teeth. So I start eating my dad. I bite huge pieces out of him and claw him up. I eat his legs and I eat his arms. And I eat his goggles and his eyes. And he says, good, good. This is majestic and true. But my sisters are tearing up the road, so I don't know how to get back. We got a fun one. Basically, for me, this is a, a fever <laughs> dream induced by the deep. Oryx is still in some type of trance, some vision. Um, yeah, so it's like he's thinking back to when he was young again, running into his father's orrery, and his sisters are jealous. They want what he has, and they're chasing him down. He thinks he's safe. And that's when his father basically tells him, no, you knew this was happening, you were not prepared, and now you're going to die. And in order to save himself, Oryx realizes he has teeth, he can fight back, and that's when he kills, eats his father, uh, but notices his sister's still coming. So to me, this is almost basically the last card, the description of the Deep. This is the Deep giving him like a, an experience where he can't turn to anyone for help. He can't rely on what... He learned from his father or things like that, that his, his sisters technically can't be trusted because even in the hive itself, there's still going to be infighting. There can only be one true, powerful being. So th for me, this is kind of just like, like I said, this is like his fever dream. He's realizing yeah. that he has to, uh, he himself has to be that true shape and always be on guard that no one can be trusted. I also it's, like how it says, I began, I started wailing like I'm two days old again, almost as if that's like, because, you know, their eight <laughs> years lifespan, you know, like, you start remembering by day two. <laughs> or he's in so much pain, he almost throws up a worm. Right? <laughs> right. Like, some of this, I, I was reading it, and I'm like... They're very hivey. Ew. Right? <laughs> Dad's three eyes. I mean, he's got three-eyed oh. goggles then, too. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, and that's right, really yeah. the only thing that this I can get weird. from this one, is this basically just a vision, him being told not to trust anyone. A vision or hallucination or yeah. something. And it's kind of the long and short of it. You know, he's convenient. He's still talking to the deep, so I would assume that they're kind of teach, trying to teach him a lesson. Or I'm his really wanting the names of these cards, you guys. <laughs> 
They're very interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah. When do monsters have dreams? I don't know. You tell me. And next, more beautiful to know. <laughs> got some weird All names, right. but I like them. Well, I'll move into that. There's right. four. Four. More beautiful to know. Sometimes I wonder if I'm a nihilist. I don't do much except break things. That's what they say about me. We could have had a great civilization if it weren't for that damn oryx. That damn hive. They don't believe in anything but death. The only way to make something good is to make something that can't be broken. And the only way to do that is to try to break everything. I'm glad I learned that the universe runs on death. It's more beautiful to know. But I'm lost somewhere strange. I think that Savathun and Zivorath are trying to steal the tablets from me. They must have cut off my tribute while I was away communing with the Deep. I love them so dearly. No one else is clever or strong enough to try to break me. No one else can give me this gift. Once, long ago, I killed Zivorath on her war moon. And she blew up the whole moon to kill me with her. She was laughing in joy. I laughed too. A whole moon. A whole moon. It was a waste of a moon, but it taught me how to save myself from exploding worlds, which was necessary to fight the Ecumene. I loved Mighty Zivu more than a moon loves the tide. I'll kill her for this, over and over, forever and ever. When I get home from my wanderings in the deep, and I take back my throne, I'm going to have children. That's what I need. Sons and daughters to love and kill. First of all, the universe runs on Duncan, not death. No. (laughs) Second of all, at the end of every single one of these cards, I just keep like F, and I keep thinking like it can't get more like what the effie than it is but it keeps getting there like oh i loved her i'm gonna kill her over and over love her more than the moon loves the tides just gonna kill her forever and ever and then like yep that's what i need i'm gonna have sons and daughters just so i can love and kill them like i love you stab 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 well that that's how the hive show their love and, and, and in a crazy way, it, it rationalizes this, though. I'm glad I learned the universe runs on death. So, you know, that's what we learned. We also learned that, as he said, by him dying and the moon blowing up, it was waste. But he learned. His sister actually taught him a valuable lesson. So he loved her. So next time he'll kill her instead so that she can learn. Because so, remember, the hive just don't die the same. Any type of ascendant hive just don't die like that. So... Well, yeah, I mean, like in the words of Elemis from last week, if you love something, set it free from life. I was just thinking about that. (laughs) I had to pull up the quote, I got it right. That's the highest motto. Yeah, I hashtagged it hive logic. (laughs) No, but I mean, it's it's crazy, but it's their way of showing. I mean, it's kind of like so likewise, it would be of a a parent who gives their kid some type of punishment. Or, you know, a timeout or something like that so that they learn what they're doing is bad so they don't do it again. You know, that kind of thing. Only for them, it's just a whole step up, you know. To teach their kids not to uh, put their hand on the stove, they cook them in the oven. Cook them in it, yeah. (laughs) So when they come back, they know not to to stay away from that, you know. (laughs) 
I think that would teach me. Yeah, I would. If, <laughs> if, if I could come back from that, I would learn not to go back over there and do that again. <laughs> you know? But, but this is a playoff, that last card. We see that that truly was a, a dream. After he wakes up from communing with the Deep, he basically says, I think my, this, my sisters are trying to take my tablets. Because remember in the vision, they were ripping up stones that had writing on them that looked like tablets. Um, yep. And then he also says that he thinks his tribute had been cut off. So it's why he's gone, his sisters, always cunning and, and warrior-like, took the opportunity to try to take, cut off his tribute, to, to kill him like they do because they're so loving. So he decides that he loves to love things. He wants to have kids so he can love kill them also. Bake him in the oven. All right. Well... <laughs> Now that we know, uh, but we see he's he's returning from communing. Yeah, that's the important part. He's he communed with the deep. He's going home. He found out that his sisters are stealing his tribute, and he knows that he needs to go earn his strength back. Yeah. So now we're gonna move into verse four, five. This love is war. Zivu upon Oryx, uttered by Zivu Arath, sibling of Oryx. Betrayal. We have marooned Oryx within the deep. This is our obligation as lords of the hive. To make war upon each other to eradicate weakness and make ourselves sharp. Obligations. Once I permitted Oryx to kill me so that he could gain the sword logic and overcome Akka, our god. This left me trapped deep in my throne. But Oryx, my brother, made war upon the Ecumene. And in that war, he described me, for I too am war. Thus, I was resurrected. Resurrection. Sabathun and I conspired to strand Oryx on his expedition. But I secretly believed that I will be stronger with Oryx to war against. Thus, I describe him. A description of Oryx. <clears throat> when Oryx looks upon you, you feel that you may vanish if he looks away. The crest of Oryx's skull is as long as an arm. In the course of its life, a thought moves from one end to the other. Upon his crest, I have painted a line in my blood so that he will remember me. Each of Oryx's fangs has the precision of a finger and the odyssey of an eye. Although he was born at the bottom of the universe and taught to burrow, Oryx has grown wings. The light of wildfire shines through them. Oryx teaches, but he will not be taught. Oryx's body is corded with strength. His sinews and his muscles are as strong as his children, and his children are the strength of him. Oryx wears a remnant of worm silk. Sorry, <clears throat> let me say that again. <laughs> and how do I pronounce that? Raiment? Raiment. Oryx wears a remnant of worm silk, made from the call of gods. The voice of Oryx may cause two different numbers to become equal. I'm sorry, I gotta take a break on that one. That one got me just a little bit, like, what? I speak and therefore two plus two equals four. Like, that one got me just a little. Well, no. It <clears throat> says two different numbers to become equal. Yeah, two plus two does equal four, babe. 
That's even weirder. I thought he was like <laughs> saying I speak and math equations happen. No, it's not literal. It's his voice uh, makes things, brings like equality kind of thing. Yeah, it's weird. It doesn't quite make sense. All right. Let me just... This would be like right. two equals four. Yeah. Two and three are the same number. Orox, my brother, is the bravest thing I know. Upon fundament, he learned that we were the natural prey of the universe, the most frail and desperate of things. He thought about this carefully, and he found a way to fix it. He made us strong. He will lead us into eternity. Orox, my brother, loves me, and this love is war. Really creepy family relationships there. Right? Like, let me just, come here. Come here. Let me just put a line of blood down your face so you don't, you don't forget me. Right. I'm going to tell my sister that next time I see her. Totally normal. <laughs> um, but uh, there was a word in there. Rhymant. Uh, Oryx wears a rhymant of worm silk. It's literally, the definition is clothing. Well, I feel like they could have just said that, but, uh... <laughs> yeah. His clothes come from the silk of the worm gods, basically. <laughs> Interesting. Pretty, pretty high-end, man. Right? Yeah. That's some real important yeah. right there. But yeah, apparently, so this card is supposed to be <laughs> from Zivorath, not Oryx. And... You know, she talks about what they did. They betrayed Oryx by straining him in the deep. Um, and that, you know, at one point, I let Oryx kill me so that he could gain the power and, you know, f defeat the Ecumene, as we had talked about in some of the older other verses. Um, and then once again, we see that it sh he once again says that Sabathun and I conspired to strand Oryx on his expedition. But... She says, I secretly believe that I will be stronger with Oryx to war against. Thus, I describe him. So, yeah, um, not completely sold on the whole. Why does she describe him because of this thought? Well, well remember, that was how she so, came back to life. Yeah, that was how she and Sabathun <sighs> came back to life. Because After... someone gave a description of them? No, After... not a literal description, but... <laughs> well, like, after Oryx killed Savathun and Zivo Wrath in order to gain the power he needed to go talk to the Worm Gods <laughs> and slay Akka. He then brought them back to life. Yeah, so it says right here that he, um, Oryx, my brother, made war upon the Ecumene, and in that war he described me, for I too am war. So this is not her bringing him back by describing him, but this is, I, I would think, her describing his qualities. These are the things that are required in order to bring Oryx back. You have to do an act of greatness. You know, he's this grand explorer, you know, grand navigator. You, this is what you would need to do to bring Oryx back. But if we continue on, we find out that's not needed. Oryx can take care of himself. Well, then... Let's continue on. I just read the next card name. What the heck is happening? Yes. Is it? Yes, it's Elmas. All right, cool. Yep. I will be covering verse 4-6. Eater of hope. You are Crota, my son. Welcome. 
I fought my way out of hell to make you. I fought my traitor siblings, and I fought the swarming corpse of Akka, and I cut my way back into my own court, the High War, which had been usurped. Once I had made war on Savathun and crippled her tribute so that she could never challenge me. And once I had tricked Sivu Wrath and poisoned her tribute so that she could never again try to take my tablets. And once I had arranged my own lineages so that I would be greatest among the hive and secure on my throne. Then I found a mother to make my spawn. One of those spawn was you. Your life will be a battle too. You will have to win your place at the high war. I will give you nothing except this, your first sword, and this name I have prepared for you. We fight a war against false hope, Crota. We chase a god called the Traveler, a huckster god who baits young life into building houses for it. These houses are unsafe, for they cannot stand against my hive, and these houses are a trap. For they lead young life away from the blade and the tooth, which are the tools of survival and the means of ascension. Only when the traveler is extinguished and damn. <coughs> Only when the traveler is extinguished will the universe be free to arrange itself and assume by ruthless contest its final perfect shape. A shape which depends on nothing but itself. Thus, I name you Crota, Eater of Hope. There is an oath upon me, Crota, my son. An oath against the wretched Taox. This I do not give to you. It is for me, your father, to bear. Let's go meet your aunts and uncles. Welcome to the world. Here's all the crap. <laughs> Let's go meet your aunt and uncles. Yep. So, for you guys, you're Mrs. Hyven. There's Oryx and Crota standing next to each other. If you just look up for a second. I see it. I see it. So, most people are familiar with what Crota looks like if you've played the first game. But yes, mm. that is Oryx's son. Also, something you would have been familiar with. Um, but yeah, Crota means Eater of Hope. And so, Crota, we find, I mean, sorry, Oryx, we found out that uh, basically Oryx fights his way out of the deep. Um, doesn't need any help. He is a strong, independent woman. And... We don't need no hive. That's right. Yeah. We don't need no siblings. He busts out of there, and he just kind of destroys his sister to a degree. And I love how he almost uses the other person's... Um, what's the word? Like, way of existence against them. He makes war on Sabathun... And cripples her tribute, and then he tricks Zevo Wrath and poisons her tribute. So it's kind of funny. He was like, I can do everything. I can be trick. I can be tricky. I can be trick I can, or treat. I can be crazy amounts of I can do war. Yeah. And basically he says, Never again will you guys take my tablets. I'm gonna set this up so that I am the greatest. I will Were have they actually trying to take his tablets or was he just paranoid? I mean we don't really know, but we would assume yeah, they we, they, we they trapped him. I'm sure they want his power. No, you know? another question I have That's here. That's kind of what they want. So, 
they are not mad at the traveler because the traveler has destroyed like worlds and stuff that they've seen have issues and blah blah. They are mad We're at the at traveler point, because but... they feel that the traveler is keeping the world from its final shape by not letting people who died just die. Not right? that they, not that they are not letting people die. The the fact that guard, you're thinking still about the fact that guardians res. Um, no, no, no. I'm talking about how Guardians, not how Guardians res. The fact that Guardians were once killed at some point before they became Guardians. Yes, but you're still thinking... So that is against their nature in the sense of if you do not live, you are not worthy. Yes, I'm sure that's probably why they hate... That's why they hate us, but we don't know that they did that with every single race before them. But I'm saying that's why Um, they hate the Traveler. That's why he's explaining the vendetta against the Traveler. I mean, that might be why they hate us with the Traveler. But in general, talks about how the reason they hate the Traveler is because the Traveler is a huckster or a trickster god who basically baits a young civilization into thinking that they are safe and that, you know... It convinces them to build houses, to become peaceful, to be safe. Uh, and, you know, the Deep has taught them that the only way to survive is to be prepared for war. Um, as it says, only when the Traveler is extinguished will the universe be free to arrange itself and assume by ruthless contact its personal shape, perfect shape, a shape which depends on nothing but itself. So the fact, See, that, they, the that, fact that the Traveler is gives... a two-point reason why they don't like the Traveler. I feel yeah, as though they the don't like the Traveler give... because it lulls some people into a false sense of security. But then I also think, because they're talking about how the tools... those It says, which are the tools of survival and the means of ascension. Meaning, nobody is technically surviving when these Guardians are killed and then found by their ghost and res for the first time. Like, I, I think I they don't like saying. the Traveler for two... I think the Traveler is keeping but the remember. shape... From happening on two fronts, lulling the self into a false insecurity, and then also not letting those who have died just stay dead because they uh, did not succeed. That's a good Which point. Which also but pisses just, me off because they don't have to stay dead when they get killed as high. Just, but just remember though, you once again you're still thinking about guardians. Guardians don't exist at this point, so the traveler has never done this to guardians. So we don't know that. No, yes, we do. <laughs> they it's talked fine. about paracostal people coming from the traveler before. No. Yes, with the... We don't know. So, we know that there were other... Yeah, go ahead. So, on. what Mrs. Hyven is referring to is the fact that there actually was a mention that um, it was there was the, a race uh, that the Hive came across the that actually... Or was it the... I, I don't remember if it was the Ecumene or not. What was this? Oh, I can't think of but it. But they were a... able to harness the light from the Traveler. The, slef- the cephalopods. Was it the cephalopods? Yeah. And we, I think we, we theorized that maybe they were similar to Guardians. We didn't know exactly. So, I mean, we don't know for a and fact that don't. the Traveler, yeah. You know, the Elixni the, the were visited by the Traveler, but they never talk about how they had the power to be, to come back to life and to turn into Guardians. The Traveler, as we learn, did that as a last-ditch effort when it got to Earth because it thought it was going to be destroyed. So I, uh, you would assume then that the Traveler has not done that with past races because it's just run away. This time it couldn't run away, so it had to do something else. With its so, dying breath, it created the ghosts. Yeah. So you are correct that they probably hate the Guardians for that reason. Uh, but as far as the Traveler itself, they just think that the Traveler is giving. And it's giving peace and security, which is false, because they think that you need to be prepared for war. And they are blinding civilizations from their possible true nature. 
that was about what I was going to say. The fact that it it's providing false security. Yeah. That, does that make sense, Ms. Hyman? Do you agree with that, then? Yeah, so I'm trying to find the... The race's name? The race. They went the Ammonites. The Ammonites. They were, yeah, those yes. are the cephalopods. Ecumene were... For, were yeah, those are different. Yeah. Yep. It was just driving me nuts. I was like, it's something that I'm pretty sure has been like in the Bible or something, and I couldn't figure out what it was. <laughs> I always think of a... I'm pretty sure that's like an old, like, biblical civilization, too. If I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. But I think that it was... It makes me think of a... I think of uh, the Pokemon when you have to choose between the two fossils. <laughs> Elvis, knows Elvis knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Lilip or Ammonite? And I'm over here like biblical Kabuto. civilization, I believe, and you're like Pokemon. Yep, he's on the same page as me. All right, well, let's go meet your aunts and uncles. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. And apparently, your siblings. Here we go. <clears throat> I think it is, yes, it is me. Here I go, reading forth. Verse 4, 7. Shapes. Points. Look at you. Already you are grown, my daughter. Already you are a wizard. Have I been away so long? Now you are Iranuk, and Savathun cackles and rages at your brilliance. You have written eleven axioms describing the ascendant places our throne world you have announced that you will kill one of these axioms as Akka would kill the truth and in mantling Akka you became a god as I am if you try it I may kill you or I may applaud you well done I brought you in this bitter acid for your celebrations and you Irhalak, you are a wizard too. As this, the way of twins. Oh, sorry. As is. Yeah, as is the. And you, Irhalak, you are a wizard too. As is the way of twins. I have been with Zivorath, who complains that you have made a song, and sung it in her throne world, and killed everyone who listens, quite irre- irrevocably. Will you have, will we have songs instead of swords and boomers? What have you made for me? It is a tooth shaped like death. I will keep it in my mouth. What have you written for me? It is the course of the Nika thought ship. I will track it down. I made you by cutting one larva in half. It would not die. Each half grew into one of you. My sword is named Willbreaker, but it never broke you. Such a mic drop moment at the end there. Um, right. First, the Death Singers. First, right. First of all, we've also killed them. We killed Crota, and we've killed these two also. Death Singers, like, reminds me of Pokemon too. <laughs> Jigglepuff, you know what I mean. Um. Also, I like how he's like, I brought you this bitter acid for your celebration. Like, have a drink. Here you go. <laughs> That's what yeah. it sounds like. And then, um, I don't know. It felt like this really, like, proud father moment when he was like, my sword is called 
my sword is named Willbreaker, but it never broke you. Like, it felt like such a proud, like, father moment. Like, even from Larva, you two are my prized possessions. Well, these are, I don't, I don't know if we'll do it in this verse, but we're going to find out that uh, he has favorite children. Um, and Well, I'm already seeing that. Crota's at the bottom of the food chain, but he loves his daughters. And I think it's because, Crota. you know, he was just kind of like, you know what? Mm. Uh, no, but I just love that he was like, you know, life is supposed to be a challenge. Let me try to kill you the second you're born. <laughs> Cut you in half. Oh. We also told Crota, I'm not giving you anything. But he gave Crota a name and a sword. These daughters, he just yeah. cut them in half, and when they still lived and grew up, this is why he's so proud of them. And, you know, he's talking about Iranuk is so brilliant, like, that she's, like, on level of Sabathun, and that he just, and that Irhalak just straight rolled up into Zivorath's, like, world and just sung a song in his throne world that basically killed, like, everyone and everything. So powerful that they don't even need a sword. They just sing, which is why they're called right. Death Singers. Like- He's like, we're just, we're singing now. We don't need swords. Okay. So I mean, and that's why these are the last raid boss before we fight Oryx. We have to kill his daughters, and you can tell that they're twins. They're linked together. Uh, you can only you have to basically use the other to dam. You have to use one to damage the other. Um, but like, and if you lose, you basically get killed by their their death song. And we have other death songs. Um, we'll talk about later from Crota and Toland, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, singing... Wait, yeah. Toland? Yeah, you know Toland? Yeah. Talked to Toland before. The reason he's that weird oh, Okay, ball sorry, it took me a second. Yeah, he, yeah. Is because, we haven't got into this, because he listened, he was so excited that he tricked a fire team into going, got them all killed, and then he listened to one of, a different Death Singer song, and when it killed him, he ended up somehow in, like, weird... Ascendant plane without a body, but his yeah. energy is still alive. But yeah, we'll talk about later too. I think you know he uses these sisters to form his he own. We not world. be in that weird ball. Oh no, he's. He, I thought he, we had that mind blowing moment where that could have been Mara. Oh no, 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 that was yeah the ball that read, led us through the raid. It's true, but no, we have. I'm talking about a different ball. You no. see now in um. No, even then. Uh, the one that led us through King's Fall and through the Dreadnought, that yeah. was still Toland. Yeah, that's what we assume. No, she's talking about, remember we had theorized in the episode, remember Mara went into the throne world and she was oh, waiting for right, us to, right, right. and we theorized maybe. But yeah, no, we, we basically know it looks like Toland because we see Toland in ball form in D2 now. Anytime you go do an Ascendant challenge, sometimes you can find Toland and talk to him. Is Toland ever going to get a body back? Do we even want to give him a body back? Yeah, I don't think so. We don't think we want Tolan back. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, now that I've veered us off, we should maybe get back to this. Yeah. There you go. There's a topic. The Crota Raid. The first Crota Fire Team. First Crota Fire Team. That's an episode in itself. But yeah, he loves his daughters, these twins, and he uses them to do all kinds of cool things. Like, All sing right. songs. Like, <laughs> sing songs that shape the universe to the way he wants. The Partition of Death. One day, Oryx decided to grow new wings. While he wrestled with his worm, he came upon his twin daughters dying in a wound between places. What are you doing, my daughters? He asked. He was afraid that Ir Halak and Ir Anuk 
We're trying to go into the deep, where only the tablets of ruin allowed Oryx to go. We are dying, father, they said. As many times as we can manage. That's adorably precocious. Oryx shook out his new wings. But why? We propose a method by which ascendant souls can be detached and integrated into a tautological and autonomous thanatosphere, which we tentatively term an oversoul. Oversouls can be stored in a throne world as a mechanism of enhanced death resilience. As a side effect, new refinements to our death song may be achieved, moving us closer to a generally effective paracausal death impulse. Oryx branded his sword. Oryx brandished his sword. Speak the royal tongue, or I'll pin you up for ire to eat. If we can separate our deaths from ourselves and hide them, we will be hard to kill. Oryx went to his son, Crota. Go keep an eye on your sisters, he said. You can learn cunning from them. But while Oryx traveled to observe the deep-destroying ancient fortress world, Crota conspired with his sisters to learn their secrets. I too will experiment with a wound, he said. With his sword, Crota cut open a new wound into a new space. And here, he thought he might obtain a secret power. Out of this womb came machines called Vex. They invaded Oryx's throne world. <laughs> yep. This is the only point that I've actually seen Hive and Vex go at it. I just um, like how these girls were like doing something wonderful and then the brother was like, I'm going to try it too. <laughs> and, and blew up everything. <laughs> this is like when the kids are like, I want to try to cook. Just, like, I said to watch them and learn from them, not do this. Sisters are like, look, we've baked dinner and dessert and all this stuff. I want to try. Burns the house down. Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Crota, this is why you're hated. Honestly, yes. Yeah, actually. This like, is they're why... so freaking, like, smart and intelligent and are doing, like, all of this amazing, like, paracausal stuff. And the father is like, good job, girls. Good job, girls. Go learn something from your sisters, boy. And then he goes and he's just like, <clears throat> I've created Crota's... a catastrophe. Crota's like, I'm smart, too. And then Basically, he was just like, Daddy, love me, too. Yeah. But, yeah, they do something really cool here, though. It just stared at me so hard when I screamed that. They created, they created the Oversoul, which is something that we have to deal with. I like that they yep. named it. Yeah, it's what kills you in the uh, Crota raid if you take too long. Um, yep. So Crota even uses his sister's new power. Do we have that in? The, I don't know. I think we've we've had it. We've seen them a couple different times, but basically, yeah, they've found a way to separate their death from themselves so that they're really hard. I'd love that. We can separate our death from ourselves and hide them. We will be hard to kill. Hmm. Really? I, <laughs> I love how they're like, stop and think about that for a moment. We can separate, separate our deaths from ourselves. What? Yeah, so when you kill us, our death dies, but our death is not us. So triggers the oversoul, and then you die. <clears throat> yeah. They're pretty powerful. There's some, some powerful sisters here. Yeah. Um, is that what, That's why I was curious, you know, Oryx basically brandishes his sword and so, tells him to speak the world tongue or he's going to pin them to the wall. I feel like that's kind of like, you guys are doing some crazy stuff. I need to assure me that you guys have not gone off the deep end. 
or that you're not working with your sister right. or that this isn't a trick kind of thing. Because, like, they're so, as he says, you can learn cunning from them. That's kind of like, I think he thought, like, Sabathun, what are you doing? Are you part of this? And he was like, wow, your sisters are good, Crota. On par with your good old Aunt Sabathun, go learn something. Now, here's a thought. What if Oryx saw what the sisters were doing and, like, he's voicing that he's proud, but secretly he's like, oh, they're with Sabathun. Yeah, that's almost kind of like paranoid. what it sounded like. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Well, he sounds like he's paranoid. He needs an assurance from them. He's not sure what the heck they're so doing. So then he really does love Crota and is using Crota to keep an eye on them. And yeah. then Crota just yeah, agree. royally messes up. I think he's acknowledging that his daughters are getting really powerful and they almost need to be watched. Yeah. Because that's how relationships work among the Hive. Eventually you have to kill. So he's just waiting for his daughters to try to kill him. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that's it, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, War with the Vex. Yes. And, and we're and about to get a really like, interesting character introduced. I'm trying to think of what places Vex actually fight with Hive. They fight with Taken? They don't really fight with Hive much. You're right. You're right. Uh, I mean, Taken like are an extension of Hive. Not necessarily. Yeah. Kind of. Don't yeah. do that to me. Let's move on. Never mind. Let's stop. Yeah, sassy man. You're just gonna confuse me right now. I thought <laughs> yeah. they were. All right. Let's well, move let's, on. Let's, well, no, because there's taken Vex as well. Ah. Vex that have been taken. And technically, yes, they are powered by. But the hot. Vex wouldn't fight against their own taken Vex, would they? Oh yeah, the taken are completely. They they the do taken work. Have no will. The taken work with the hive. I know what you're saying. Okay. Hey. Let's Hi. move on then. Anyway, and see what goes on. Verse four nine. Open your eye. Go into it. The vex clattered around, constructing large problems. At first, their constructions were deranged, because they didn't understand the sword logic, which defined all rules in Oryx's throne world. The geometry perplexed them. I'll cut them apart, Crota said. But just then, the Vex ritual of better thoughts manifested a mind called Kuria, Blade Transform. Kuria deduced the sword logic. I have to kill everything, Kuria resolved. Then I will be powerful. Crota's gate began to emit warrior Vex, huge and brassy. He leapt forward to fight them, but they blinked away. After they fled from Crota, they killed 2,000 of Oryx's acolytes and 10,000 of his thrall. Soon, they had established themselves as powers in this world, by right of slaughter. Come forth, sister wizards, called Ur-Halak. We need you. Ur-Anuk pulled a sword star out of the sky. Together, the wizards charged it with killing power and made an annihilator totem which they used to smash the Vex. Close the wound, Brother Crota, Anuk ordered. We will find a cunning way to destroy them, but only after they stop constructing problems on us. But Kuria had instanced itself to the other side of the gate and built a holdfast to keep the way open. 
Kuria's objective was to exploit the paracausal physics of Oryx's throne to become divine. It organized a series of test invasions. For a hundred years of local time, the siblings fought the Vex. When the Vex came into the sword world, they were inevitably annihilated. But when the Hive went into the Vex world, they lost too much of their power to win. Father is going to eat our souls, Halak sighed. Kuria captured some worm larvae and began experimenting with them. Soon, Kuria Blade Transform manifested religious tactics. By directing worship at the worms, Kuria learned it could alter reality with mild ontopathogenic effects. Being an efficient machine, Kuria manufactured a priesthood and ordered all its subminds to believe in worship. Then it set about abducting and killing dangerous organisms so it could bootstrap itself to hive godhood. For some Vex reason, Kuria never attempted to introduce worm larvae into its mind fluid. Savathun was laughing because she had tricked Crota into cutting that place. This drew the attention of the worm our god. Oryx, called Iyer, set your house in order. Ooh, so we get a lot of good stuff. This is a very important card because it is relevant to a lot of spin foil and theories and stuff today. So, first and foremost, <clears throat> we talked about how it was not fair in a past episode that the Hive just <clears throat> killed everyone because nobody could fight back. Here's one of the first race that, as we know, they still have not destroyed. The Vex get in there. And at first, they don't know what's going on, but we see how quickly... The Vex, as a hive mind, I know not, there's not a pun there. It's just a hive mind of, you know, this. They, they just gain understanding so fast. Very quickly, they realize that sword logic is what's defined this world so that they have to apply it. So they just start, you know, uh, pretty immediately as they're about to get destroyed, they just pop out Coria, Blade Transform. And Coria decides it understands sword logic, and with that, it realizes it needs to just start killing. And basically, the Vex just, a chain of events, the Vex just start killing tons of Hive, and they start gaining power. Because remember, the Hive acknowledge, you know, sword logic and the final shape, that power, and, you know, that power is rewarded, that killing is, is gives you more of this power. So basically, the Vex are just becoming... Practically like the Ascendant Hive. You know, they, it even says that they try to insert themselves into this hierarchy. And at this point, they try to close the womb. Uh, the sisters tell Crota to close his wound. And Quarry's basically held it open at this point. So we see that the Vex got in there and like instantly figured out how things were doing. And they did this by immediately creating a, a, a mind, um, which was Quarry. And Quarry was trouble. <clears throat> Not only after that, Coria realized that there was it, it basically witnessed that the, the the they they got a worm larva and realizes that by religious tactics. Remember how we talked about in a past episode uh, about how originally the hive did not get the power from the deep, but the worm gods taught them how. Um, what did we say? Like mm. praying and religious, like it was practices the, and the rituals. Eye, it was magic. Yeah, and like through rituals, they gain power. So the Vex basically started to get more, you know, 
they get more power by basically serving the worm gods in the deep. However, the important part, which I like here, for some reason, they never attempted to introduce worm larvae into its mind fluid. So the Vex figured out that the Hive are screwed because of this. We can get the power without having the side effects. So that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And even then, like, could you just imagine <clears throat> a Vex Hive hybrid? Yeah. Right? That's so yeah, terrifying. And, and basically this war went around for about 100 years. They basically just fought each other back and forth with no clear winner. And um but yeah, so Korea is pretty pretty interesting. So yeah, the the Vex basically adapted this logic instantly and were just able to to keep up. So we see that I've been so powerful that they've annihilated everyone. The Vex were not having it, man. Mm-hmm. Got to give the Vex some credit. And so we were just talking about Elemist. How about this part here? Sabathun was laughing because she had tricked Crota into cutting that place. Did we just, just say he learned from that. his sisters? Like, I, I, I <laughs> the thing to keep in mind with all of this is that it's written by it's bias. Very biased. So there's a lot of bias. This was Crota just doing stupid stuff. But he, he was watching his sisters and trying to do what they did. Right. So but now Sabathun is playing. Like off on Sabathun so his kid doesn't look so stupid. Well, and that's what me and Elemis were just talking about. The fact that he didn't quite trust his daughters. I think maybe his paranoia thinking that Sabathun had something to do with what they were doing. You know, because it's written by Oryx. He thinks that Sabathun put this all into motion into tricking Crota to doing something stupid. So whether or not that's true. Or plot twist. Crota's just stupid. Oh yeah, Crota is pretty stupid. That's not really a plot twist. That's the plot. (laughs) (laughs) No twist. Look, in my family, it's the brother that's the stupid one. So that's that's the uh, storyline I'm rooting for. (laughs) Love him, but he's an idiot. And Um, so poor Oryx had to get called on by the worm gods. Yeah, he Dude, you need to get trouble. called him up. Dude, you need to get home. Your house is crazy. They are throwing a house party, and it is it is ridiculous. It's been lasting right, for a hundred years. Like, how did he not come home sooner? See, I like that. Ayer Ayer let this go on for a hundred years before he called him back. Right. He's like, all right, a hundred years is my cutoff. They didn't figure this out on their own. Let's call their dad in. But now the thing is, it says for a hundred years of local time. Yeah, throne world time might just be like a couple days. Not affected five, by us at all. Or, you know? or it could be five minutes in, you know, yeah. the real world. Or no like, time passes because it's know. like a, it's its own, God has its own time. You know, it's it's yeah. For them though, it was some. It was a good period. It's true. Yeah. Or it could have just been like, you guys have been doing this for a hundred years. But we see that like it's a it was a big blow. They killed a lot of his uh, acolytes, and that's a big deal because that's as we talked about in the past. That's how he gets his tribute. That's how he feeds his worms. So this is something he had to take serious. It took out the middle managers and a lot of the, uh, the grunts, the, ground the grunts, yeah. the floor workers. Yeah, that's where the floor workers. Um, but you know, I I want to go back to that Savathun bit because like that's pretty much. The Destiny community in general. They see something. Everything's Everything just... is Savathun's fault. 
And it's like, Sabathun has because... nothing to do with this. That's because we're just waiting for Sabathun to appear. We know she's got her hands in a lot of stuff. Just waiting for it. Right. Right. Like, she had her hand in Last Wish. She had her hand in the whole Dreaming City bit. She had her hand in... And then we get that crazy book. <laughs> the Truth to Power. And then everyone loses their mind, and now everything is Sabathun. Right. So, like... That is true. That's kind of funny. Everything is Sabathun. And, like, this is where it started. Oh my gosh, I figured out why. It's because we killed Oryx, so we gained his power. So because he's always worried about Sabathun, now we are always worried about Sabathun. Oh my god, oh my, I like that. <laughs> you adapted his worries. Yeah, we've adapted his, his reasoning. His, his paranoia. Thoughts. His paranoia, exactly. Oh my gosh. Oh, Alright, with that crazy thought, it's time to continue on. Alright. I'll be continuing on with verses 4, 10. An emperor for all outcomes. Oryx rushed home and read from the Tablets of Ruin. He put some of the Vex into wounds to be taken by the power of the Deep. Thus, he turned the Vex against each other. Quaria manifested a range of tactics, but none of them were adaptive. Oryx crushed all the Vex in his throne. Oryx thought he should study geometry like the Vex. It was the map of perfect shapes. But first, he had to punish imperfection. My son, he said, this is your punishment. Come home glorious or die forgotten. He picked up Crota by the legs and threw him into the Vex gate network. Crota battled through history, becoming a legendary demon. In his early centuries, he often spared a few victims to hear oaths and protests against his father. Later, he came to understand Oryx, and he made temples and monuments wherever he went. Meanwhile, Oryx brooded on the Vex. I've met a worthy rival, he said. They want to exist forever, just as I do. But I don't understand them. At this, his worm began to chew on him. He was bound to understand. He called Sabathun to meet in the material world. She told him that the Vex worked tirelessly to understand everything so that they could build a victory condition for every possible end state of the universe. Then I must be a better king, Oryx said. If they want to build an emperor for all outcomes, then I will be the king of only one. I will follow the deep wherever it goes and document its power. Let us create a catalog of the grave of worlds, which will be our map to victory. Oryx knew that all life could be described as cellular automata, except for that life which understood the deep or the sky and thus escaped causality. Out of love for her brother, which was the same as the desire to kill him, Sabathun leaked a secret to Zivu Arath. Listen, Zivu. Oryx's throne world has been compromised. You can cut your way in from here. Zivu Arath used this to plan an ambush. But Oryx was too canny. The Tagan king said to his court, the High War, My throne world is vulnerable. I am going to move it. Where? asked Kagor, world render. Into a mighty dreadnought, said Oryx. I shall keep my glorious mind cosmos inside a titanic warship.
I feel like you probably shouldn't confide in his sisters. <laughs> like, you're already so worried about them. You're going to tell them all of the secrets of the horrible things. It wasn't necessarily confiding as much as he had to call on her because he didn't know answers and his worm would kill him if he didn't find out the answers. And she, he figured she knew because he thought she planned it. All right. Touche, touche. But no, so there's another Court of Oryx enemy, Kagor. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was a tier three. Dude, I don't remember. I think maybe. Yeah. When was Kragor? It was a giant ogre. Okay, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, that if it was the ogre, then that was the tier three boss. Yeah. Um, and Oryx is talking about actually creating the Dreadnought, which we know from the cinematic that he actually did create. And from the, the fact that it was a playable space. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so remember up to this point, remember all of their throne worlds are in the shared ascendant plane. So they can all basically cut and link into each other. He basically decides that he is going to move his throne world somewhere where nobody else can get into it. Holy Pretty sorry. impressive that he knows how to do it. But Yeah. You know, also the fact that, once again, he keeps using the power of the deep. He keeps... Taking, he took, as we just said, he took Vex so that Vex fought Vex. And that's how he won. He maybe used a little bit of Willbreaker, too. I was at it. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Let's see. Uh, you guys ready to see how... Let's talk more about the Dreadnought. The Dreadnought was created, and it's our last card. Yes, it is. All right. Verse 411. Dreadnought. To make his ship, Oryx scrimshod one piece of Akka who was dead but far from gone. He stole the hammer of Zivu Arath and the scalpel of Savathun, and he armored his ship in baneful armor. When Oryx had built his dreadnought, he pushed his throne world inside out so that it bled into the material space of the dreadnought. They were coterminous and allied, his ship and his sin. The dreadnought was within the throne of Oryx, but the throne of Oryx was the dreadnought. Ayat. This required a verse from the Tablets of Ruin. The whole court worked together to push Oryx's throne inside out. This was a day of joyous violence, and all of Oryx's broods marked this holiday as Eversion Day, which is celebrated by turning things inside out. Saith Oryx, Go out into the universe, my court. Gather tribute for me. Send it home to my ship. When I call you, Walk up that tribute to my court. I will prepare for long voyages. I am Savathun, insidious. Into the war, I graffiti this notice for you. Into the deep, these books are full of lies. Now Aurex's throne was saved from incursion, but it moved so nimbly. Oryx attacked the harmonious flotilla Invincible, who guarded the Nietzsche thought ship. When the flotilla surrounded his dreadnought, Oryx put his sword into the hull, and he used the power of the deep and the clever systems his daughter built to push his throneward out into mere reality. By wrath and confidence, his filled space with an egg of his throne it swelled up like a ghost star to smash the harmonious flotilla invincible. Oryx broke the last word off their name. And the Nietzsche thought strip 
Aurochs hoped to find the location of the gift mask, which had been left behind by the traveler. Aurochs wanted to eat it. But the thought ship was a trap. Upon it was Coria, blade transformed. The biggest thing here for me is there's a section where Oryx is like, you know, saith Oryx, go out into the universe, my core, gather tribute for me, send it home to my ship. When I call you, walk up that tribute to my court. I will prepare for long voyages into the war, into the deep. But in the last part of the last three lines, there's, I am Savathun, Insidious. I graffiti this notice for you. These books are all full of lies. It's like, what? The cake is a lie. Don't eat it. So true. And but this is this is why we know that there are biased opinions in this. This is kind of the portion of the book where we kind of received like, hold up, Savathun claims that these are lies. This is just written by Oryx. So this is kind of why we've always thought that because Savathun herself says that the whole book is a lie. The cake was a lie, but it wasn't at the same time. That was the sad part. Exactly. The cake was there, but she wasn't going to kill us. <laughs> and it's not like we could have gotten to the cake. Yeah, exactly. Unless she you already killed my companion cube. <laughs> Poor companion cube. <laughs> so this sad. This is a different game. Most everyone knows GLaDOS and Portal. But... <laughs> but, yeah, yeah as... Elena said, man, we learned that. But I was also going to say, uh, oh, yeah, I mean, the dread, how do you forget Inversion Day, man? I know. When I heard right. that, I was like, Inversion that's day. where the underwear thing Inversion comes day. from. Yep, yep. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty cool. He basically steals a hammer from Zero Wrath and a scalpel from Sabathun. He uses these in order to cut up Akka's carcass and uses it to make, like, a ship that is made from, like, worm god armor. So it's super powerful. And then he puts his throne world in it, but also the Dreadnought is inside his throne world. So basically, now he has a throne world that is a ship. And so he can move it. So it's really, really hard for people to get into it. Uh, and that's what we run into ourselves in the Taken War. Um, and then also another thing that we've seen is Oryx puts his sword into the hall and uses the power of the Deep to push his throne world into, out into mere reality. That's what he uses to kill Mara and all of the Awoken. That is how he, that's how Mara ends up in his Ascendant world. Um, because basically what he does is he pushes his throne world out, and the power of his throne world and the material world basically not only destroys things, but there was a way for Mara to get in there. So that's how Mara gets into Oryx's throne world, through him doing this. We see it. This is part of that cutscene element. was saying he was going to find you, Mrs. Ivan. Yep. Yeah, yep. The other thing I love near the end uh it swelled up like a ghost star to smash the harmonious flotilla invincible oryx broke the last word off their name i like that i like that too they are no longer invincible and we really never learned much about the nika thought ship all right i think we should call it yeah well stay tuned guys for the trap in verse five it's a trap and that's the final right. Just to whet your appetite, guys, prepare, because I'm going to salt my meat with your briny little thoughts. Yeah. That's how I'm it starts. I'm sorry about the meat, guys. This, this just got if, that does, 
if that doesn't whet your appetite, I'm going to kill you and then salt my meat with your briny little thoughts. Nice. And and this just got weirder. Uh, so, oh, that's the out. books of yeah. sorrow for you guys. That's the books Alice, of sorrow. Go, make him stop talking. Go, go. Ishtar Collective, uh, because my job would be infinitely harder without him. Uh, and you know what? The pretty girl. The pretty girl. Yeah. And he didn't get in trouble for shouting out last week, so he's gonna keep doing it. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I I'm just I'm I'm keeping it simple this week. I like <laughs> All it. right, keep it simple, stupid, right? Yeah. All right, Hyven, you're up. Shout out to shout out to Focus Fire for having us on their episode. I'm looking forward to that. And <laughs> we haven't talked to him too much about the details, but I know that there's a new format. They're doing a three episodes now for one topic. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to be part of that because we're on the new list. Basically, they're going to be doing a, with their host, with their, go- their, their guest host, they'll be doing a learn about the guest host episode, a top three episode, and a deeper dive into the lore they might be doing kind of by themselves. I'm not sure. But it sounds like we might be in for a, a really fun time. So looking forward to that. And we look forward to joining you guys. Absolutely. And maybe having some of you guys over to our podcast if we can ever get ourselves together. <laughs> yeah, I know, Kona. You agree, huh? All right. They've slept this entire time, basically, so they're kind of done, too. Um, right, get that shout out. Yeah. <laughs> First it. of all, we're going to shout out Callie and Kona. I logged on to Twitter this week and found out that they apparently hit up all their friends and guys' dogs are following us now. Yeah. Apparently, Literally, all <laughs> dogs are following Guardians of Lore. No, it's just we one Twitter. It's just called Dogs, but I screenshot them. I was like, guys, we've made it. The dogs are following us. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Thanks. Thanks, you guys, for hitting up your friends, too. And then, shout out to my husband. Because after I fell asleep last week, he shouted me out and told me I was pretty. Anyways, yeah. And then, last but not least, you do that last night. February, I shouted out my anniversary. And Hyven was like, what about Elemist? Well, you know what, guys? It's time. It's time. <laughs> and this episode airs on Tuesday. We'll be two days away from mine and Elemist's friendiversary. So, it was time to shout out Elemist. It's our friendiversary on Thursday. We're we all don't going remember, to dinner on Friday. Yeah, we don't know Mayan Elemist for anniversary, so we'll just all celebrate together on Friday. Yep. So yeah. So we're going to dinner on Friday. Mrs. Hyven and I are celebrating, and we're just bringing Hyven along. Yeah. yeah. And we, we get to buy Elemist dinner this time because he did Ooh. last year. Last year? It was only like four months <laughs> ago. January. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, reminder to hit us up about any of your theories on the books of sorrow. The books of sorrow. Um, And additionally, let us know what you want us to read before our shadow keep um, lead up and everything goes down. We'll probably end up making a poll like we normally do. Yeah, yeah, probably. But if you guys have preferences for us to put in that poll, let us know. Um, And then. Hope so. 
Yeah. And then additionally, again, I'll be posting my question on Tuesday. Probably post it a little bit after this episode airs um, for you guys to let us know about your gamer tags. Because we like fun stories and getting to know you guys. It's fun for us. I hope it's fun for you. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's all. That's all we got, you guys. Tell us your lore. Two and a half hours later, and here we are. Not for you Two guys. Two and a half hours of raw recording. But, uh, yeah. Alrighty. Ivan's just waving goodbye. Apparently he's not going to tell everyone goodbye. Still waving. Take care. Bye, guys. There we go. Okay. Yep. All right. See you next week. Bum, bum, bum. Goodbye. I already started. Sorry. Just used to it. I'm so I'm so excited. I actually like the uh, the delay. It's it's kind of fine with me. We'll talk about that. Oh yeah. Yeah. That. Stop uh, talking about things. Crazy. No, I'm just telling. I'm actually I'm super excited for the cross play no, being this we'll month. Get into that. Can we just have a video? Well, I gotta eat some. Okay. Yeah. Can I what? So we don't get to see you. Oh, turn on my video. Why is my video off? Hi, losers. Love you guys. Thank you. Nobody likes you. No right. one likes Let's you. Professionalism, time to happen. Go. <clears throat> <laughs> I will be taking a pause to switch over laundry, though. Just heads up. Gotcha. Sorry. The... Hey, girlies. How about we calm down while we podcast? No? We're not gonna. We're not gonna do that. Okay. We'll just try and work around them. <laughs> Oh, jeez. They, they don't like Kona that. disagrees with you. Callie, that's her dead fox. All right? Although you guys, the guys, they murdered their dead fox. Um, we so got this tiny dead, fox. dead fox. The, no, we got this fox for Kona when we first got her. And Callie immediately just murdered the first one. So I got a second one, and Kona's been loving it. I come home today. We're in a third floor apartment and I see it in the back area laying face down, just dead as can be, because somebody killed it. They knocked it off the balcony and made it go flying three stories down and just murdered it. Oh. And that's what they're fighting over. It's also missing an eye. <laughs> so yeah. Elvis just got to see Kona run and take it out of the camera view from me. Oh yeah. Alright. So anyways. They have both been listening to Focus Fire Chat since the beginning. Kona, it's not about you. It's about Daddy and Elements. Words to look out for. (laughs) (laughs) I even hate when I throw that one in there. Um, Well, you forgot to look at them when you didn't say them the other day, so maybe you do need to read them over. All right. Yeah. No, anyways. um, No, Elements has first read, so, and uh, Hyven's got first comment, so I'll look at our potentially problematic words on my own. But yeah, that's all we got for our uh, our foreplay. Let's get into this. <laughs> that was funny to me. Sorry. <laughs> oh, foreplay, because verse four. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, Good pun. So uh, I will be covering. Just read. Next. My pun was unappreciated. That wasn't even oh, a come word. on. I'm just gonna... I enjoyed it, actually. <laughs> All right. I'm going to let Alamos read. Muting myself. No. All right. I'll be covering XXX, a golden amputation. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
There's no triple X in this podcast. <laughs> right? I'm just saying. Foreplay was even more applicable with that. <laughs> it literally, like, it was just like, none for you. Shut down. Technical error. Skype shut down. <laughs> My Skype. I wasn't even touching anything. My Skype was just like, and you're done. I've had that happen. Yeah. And now it says Elemis is recording the call. It doesn't matter. I don't know. It really doesn't matter. We all get the recording. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyways, I'd also like to preface this by saying I looked over our problematic words, but if they're in here, I'm going to pause. I'm going to need help. Somebody step in. All right. Or no, I, mean, I don't think you have any crazy names. Elemis. Yeah, I, I think I should be him. okay. Oh my gosh, I can see you, Mrs. Hyven. Have you been on this whole time? Yeah. Yeah, my screen just turned you on finally. I was wondering <laughs> when Elemis said your facial expression. Oh, I was like, my. how can he see it? Elemis got what I got. <laughs> <laughs> Too much for me. I think we lost hey. Elemis. No, uh, one moment. <laughs> a pretty girl texting you again? It, she did, and I, I, <laughs> yeah. Are you gonna be in trouble for being distracted again? Like I sat here and I'm like, they're both yelling at me, but I can't stop laughing about. <laughs> I I enjoy that I have somebody. On my side of things now, on my team. Maybe one day I won't be outnumbered, but that's one day far down the road, and we can edit that out so we don't freak her out. <laughs> Please right. do. Yeah. All right. You guys ready to get back in then? Elemist was in thought, so let him go. He'll pick up the start. So we'll be here a while. There we go. No, no, no. <laughs> she was... Yeah. Because as we know, love is a battlefield. All right. <laughs> heartache to heartache, we stand. Okay. He gets it. Now, you are Iranuk, and Savathun crackles and rages at your brilliance. You have written... You said crackles. It's cackles. Okay. I feel like that's important. Yeah, I think so. Because crackles makes it sound like she's snap crackle pop. She's crackling with rage. <laughs> but she's actually cackling <clears throat> like... <laughs> Not quite. No, but I, I know what this really is about. Most of the time he gets you. You had to find the one time that he <laughs> screwed up. Yeah, no, that you're too. right. No, yeah, I don't want to risk reading. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Elvis. <laughs> oh, God. Not podcast appropriate, but oh, God, I love it. <clears throat> oh, this is the oh, best. Oh, my God. It's not the professionalism we are striving for. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what I veered totally far left on that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was great. Good old Will Breaker. Yeah, it's normal. And kill people. Isn't that what every daughter does for her father? No, oh, yeah. yeah. I All can right. guarantee it's not what I did for my father. Well, you're not a daughter. Talk to your sister. <laughs> secretly an assassin. God. Mine was dead when I was born, so I didn't have to Jeez. I didn't have to live that life. On that note. It doesn't cool. apply to stepdads. Um, <laughs> it got real dark real quick. Let's move on. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
he was freed from life because he was loved. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. God. I just no. loved too much. <sighs> oh, God. Sorry for, for anybody who might listen to this in the bloopers or whatever. I have a really twisted sense of humor about death. I'm either crying about my father or joking about it. There's no in between. Um, all right. Moving on. The partition of death. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Focus. Pausing. Gonna start for real. As many times as we can... Hold on. I messed that up. <laughs> I like the tone, though. <laughs> that was great. What? We're done, Matter Father. Yeah, yeah, no, that was perfect. Okay. Oh, absolutely perfect. We're dying, <laughs> Father. I figured it was a very matter-of-fact statement. Like, oh, I just left the water <laughs> on. Right? We're playing with blocks, Dad. Look. That's adorably precious. Oryx took out his new wings. But why? Ah, I thought it was precious. I thought he was proud of them for trying to die. He is still, but... Yeah, he still is. Okay. We propose a new method by which ascendant souls can be detached and integrated into a tautological and astronomist I almost had those. I almost had those. And not a sphere. You were doing a fantastic job. You surprised me there. I know. I surprised myself. Tautological and autonomous thanatosphere. What? Like you practiced that. <laughs> Speak the royal tongue, or I'll pin you up to er to eat. I'm sorry, for er. Ear. <clears throat> Ear. Ear. No, that's what is it? Yeah, I don't know. You're fine. Er. Ear. I forget. Ear. It's one of the worm gods. Ire. <clears throat> I'm gonna go with ire. I feel like er <laughs> isn't right because it makes me think of the zer or like a u r er. Well, and even then, there is a u r er. Yeah, yeah. Right. But while Oryx traveled to observe the deep destroy, nope. Yep. Yeah, but I wasn't saying it right. <laughs> I will, too, experiment with a wound. That was wrong. I mean, it still worked, but it was wrong. <clears throat> you're reading, I love how you're reading them all like five-year-olds. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, the sisters were just very like, we're killing ourselves. This is fun. Da-da-da-da. Hello, father. No, you're fine. Yeah. Kind of how I picture them. Like, they were just born a car to go. They're just so happy. And you're we're just we're so... killing ourselves. We yeah, because that's, that's I how too I experiment the with the wound. That's how I like picture them because they're just like, <laughs> you know. You all good? Yeah, I'm just. Huh? There's there a hair in my headset, tickling my ear. <laughs> the king is not ticklish. <laughs> I'm no king. <laughs> Your god is not ticklish. I eat. I eat. I eat. <laughs> I eat. Okay. I got this. Oryx attacked the Harmonious Flotilla Invincible, who guarded the Nietzsche Thought Ship. Okay, I feel like none of that was right. I pronounced Fortilla like tortilla. It's a, it's a flotilla. It's a uh, grouping of, like, ships. All right, well, I just assumed tortilla. 
<laughs> I know Flotilla from Mass Effect. The what about Nietzsche? Like I don't right. know. Nika? Nietzsche? Thoughtship? That one's on you. You choose. You choose. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a unique word. Yeah, I'm gonna go it's with not an actual... <clears throat> All right. Upon it was Korea. Blade transformation. You say Korea? No. And it's just blade transform. I heard Korea. <laughs> it's Korea. It's a trap. It's Korea. It's Korea. Yeah, Korea. Yeah. I just swear you said Korea. It made me laugh. Let me do it again because I messed up the last part anyways. Or this harmonious. Tell me, I could decide how it wanted to pronounce, and I pronounced it Nietzsche, and you oh, just well, said I didn't. Nika. I yeah, you can decide how you want to pronounce it. <laughs> I, like I how didn't how say you, you were decided... deciding for all of humanity. No, but I like how you didn't have a preference, and then I picked one, and you decided you wanted to pick the other. You're like, oh, you're picking that one. I'm gonna. It's pick a word that we that's made up. You can choose. <laughs> yeah, but you chose not to pick with me. I mean, this is how I said it earlier. I read, I already read this word. I chose Nika when I read it earlier. Lies. I mean, you could go back and listen to the episode. Oh, wait, you Bald face lie from a bald face man. These books are full of lies. Okay. Anyway. It was a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. I'm trash. Corio was actually there, guys. Dun, dun, dun. Corio's trash. Delirium is setting in. She only can go for two hours. Two hours is like... I went hard. I did good this time. You did a fine job. There was so much professionalism. I kept this thing moving. Poor little ADD brain cannot handle focusing your undivided attention. You didn't get it. I was playing solitaire the whole time. Like, I need a nap. (laughs) Right? (laughs) All right. It was almost right. a year ago. I gotta make sure not to wear that pink tank top so he thinks I own more than one shirt. We have <laughs> webcams set up. I see yeah. that you own He's more than seen one. that you more yeah, wear it. Yeah, like... but it was just funny because right after we went to dinner, the next day we were doing, or two days later, we were doing like podcasting or something, and I was wearing the same tank top, and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> now we've had webcams. Now we know that everyone wears those. Yeah, most that of sounded, that That sounded sexual. Wears clothes. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I'm not wearing pants right now. But yeah, that's the joy of only being able to see your top half. That's why I want to work from home and like do conferences <laughs> like this. You just gotta be dressed right. to the top up. That's 